Greetings and welcome to Illum Radio, a different kind of oldies program. My name is John Lovering and I am your host. And on this track, we're going to return to the Greek restaurant owned by Mr. Nick Pakirkakis, a comedy series starring a very talented and very funny comedian, Harry Einstein, known professionally as Harry Park, but such a convincing character, actor, and Greek dialect expert, he became known as Parkikakis. His radio show, Meet Me at Parkies, ran for two years on NBC, 1945 and 46, and one year on the Mutual Broadcasting System in 1947. The announcer for the show was Bob Williams, who would always try to calm Nick Pakirkakis down when he was upset about something, which was all the time. Also contributing to the cast was Betty Rhodes as the female singer and also part of the acting cast. Uh, Sheldon Leonard and Elliot Lewis were also there as part of the supporting cast members. Harry Einstein wrote the scripts himself and the show would open with a couple of quick sketches followed by Pakirkakis doing a short monologue. Then there would be a song by Betty Rhodes, who would try to calm Parky down with one of her songs. Band leader in the show was Opie Cates, with a hillbilly drawl, and he also played a role in the story of the week. Well, the story on this track is from July 29, 1945, and in this episode, Parky is going to a very upscale tea party. He even has a valet to prepare him for the occasion. So, ladies and gentlemen, park your carcass and listen to Meet Me at Parkies, and thank you for listening. It's much appreciated. From Hollywood, California, the makers of old gold cigarettes bring you Meet Me at Parkies. <laughs> How you doing, Joe? Terrible. Last night I slept out in the great open spaces with no blankets and only a pine cone for a pillow. Were you invigorated by nature? No, I was evicted by my landlord. Why that lie? There, there. Why be irritated? Light an old gold and meet me at Parky's. John, I wish you'd do something about those termites. They're chewing the house up splinter by splinter. Well, last week I bought a case of liquid soap that was supposed to kill termites. Kill them nothing. Every morning they come out and do a bubble dance. Why, I'm there, there, there. Why be irritated? Light an old gold and meet me at Parky's. Yes, everybody meets at Parky's. So come along to Parky's restaurant and say hello to David Street, Betty Rhodes, Natalie Schaefer, Opie Cates and his orchestra, and our genial host, the star of our show, Park Your Carcass. <laughs> Boy, have we been working hard here cleaning up the restaurant, but it was worth it. Really got it cleaned up. We found four windows, didn't know us here. <laughs> Everybody's excited just because we're going to cater that big society affair for Mrs. Vendepeister. Boy, that's a good one. Imagine me mixing with all them society blue blades. <laughs> Think I'll write a book called Park Your Carcass in Society. Now I've been invited to a tea at Mrs. Vendepeister's house today. She wants me to meet a few high mucker mucks who'll be at her party next Sunday. But you think I can just go over there? No. Betty Rhodes, my bookkeeper, is getting me a valet to dress me. I don't need nobody to dress me. The last person who dressed me was my mother. 
That was over a year ago. <laughs> that man has got to learn how to dress himself sometime. Imagine me mixing with all those high-toned, snooty society people. Sitting there with a cup of tea in one hand and a manacle in my eye. <laughs> oh, how do you do? Charmed, I'm sure. Honest, if I didn't got to raise a thousand dollars quick to pay the bank, I'd never bother with those people. That society stuff is done before me. I belong with the common people. Nobody in the whole world more common than me. <laughs> Who they think they're kidding? Just like Abraham Lincoln once said. You can fool some of the people some of the time, and you can fool some of the people some of the time. <laughs> but you can't fool some of the people some of the time. <laughs> Imagine, from that he became president. <laughs> oh, gee, I almost forgot. I got to finish hanging up those drapes over there. I'll get Opie Cates to help me. Opie. Opie. Say, Opie, will you please come here a minute? What's the matter, Parky? What do Listen, you want? Listen, when I call you, I want you to come right away, because if you don't, then I'll have to wait a while. <laughs> I want you to give me a hand. Will you help me hang those drapes? Well, how in the world are you going to reach way up there? You need a great big ladder, and we ain't got none. That's right. Well, I'll tell you what we can use. Bring those big wooden boxes over here, will you? Okay. Here they are. Here's three wooden boxes. Good. I'll put one on top of the other, and I'll stand them. There. Can you reach it, Parky? No, I'm standing on tiptoe, and it still ain't high enough. Get another box, will you, Opie? I looked all over. We ain't got another box. Well, I got to have one. Well, wait a minute. Why didn't I think of this before? I pulled the one out from the bottom and handed it up to you. <laughs> I guess I figured that one out wrong. <laughs> certainly did. You should have taken the one out from the middle. <laughs> oh, hello, Betty Rose. Parky, Parky, what are you doing on the floor? What's happened? I was hanging the drapes and I fell off those three big boxes. Oh, my goodness, are you hurt? No, it's a lucky thing. I broke the fall with my head. <laughs> Opie, clean up this mess, will you please? Miss Rose, begging your pardon. Is this gentleman getting off the floor the man I'm supposed to take care of? Oh, yes, I'm sorry. Parky, I want you to meet your valet. Stuyvesant, Stuyvesant. A gentleman's gentleman. I'm Parky Carcass, Parky Carcass. Glad to know you, glad to know you. <laughs> how strange, how strange. What's the matter, what's the matter? <laughs> you want to quit while we're still even? <laughs> Parky, Stuyvesant Stuyvesant is going to help you make a good impression at Mrs. Vanderpeister's tea this afternoon. Yes, I understand she teas at four. She teas at four? <laughs> so what? I milk at six. <laughs> oh, please, Parky, I got you a valet for your own good. Now, will you please cooperate with Stuyvesant? Thank you, my lady. Now, Mr. Parker Cocker, since you're due at Mrs. Vanderpeister's tea at four, we have no time to lose. So the first thing I shall do is draw you a bath. Okay, here's a pencil. <laughs> Sir, where does your bathtub? I use my brother's, but here's a funny one. Three years ago, I filled up his bathtub with coal. With coal? Yes. That is a good joke. Oh, was your brother angry? Nobody will be when he finds out. 
tea, sir. I'm trying to decide how to dress you this afternoon for tea. Yes. Do you have a morning suit? Yes. <laughs> Splendid. Do you have an afternoon suit? Yes. Excellent. Of course, you have evening clothes? Oh, sure. Do you have a hunting suit? Yes. <laughs> Sports clothes? Yes. My, you do have an extensive wardrobe, sir. May I see it? You're looking at it right now. I'm wearing it. Great Scott, sir. You mean that your entire wardrobe consists of that one broken-down suit that you're wearing? What? Oh, Mr. Stuyvesant, I knew Parky would have to wear a formal suit of the tea, so yesterday I rented a cutaway coat and striped trousers for him. You'll find them in a box in Parky's room upstairs. Excellent. Come, Mr. Parker Caucus. Let us go upstairs, sir. Last but not the monkey's uncle. <laughs> Say, Betty. Yes, what is it, Opie? My boys are fixing to go over to the pool room, so if you want to run over your song, you better do it right now while the band's all in one piece. Okay, Opie, I might as well, but honestly, between you and that parky, life is certainly no song. What number do you want me to sing? How about I begged him? Okay, let's try it. <laughs> Maybe you'll find that it's swell I argue I threaten I said you get send me home Not like this Then I finally got my kiss Why, Mr. Stuyvesant, what's happened? It's that Mr. Park, your caucus. I didn't mind when he told me he wanted to wear his underwear while taking a bath. But I didn't mind when he told me he wanted to wear his shoes because he didn't want to get his feet wet. <laughs> but when he told me to sit in the tub to see if the water was the right temperature, <laughs> why, that was going too far. Why, I have never... Well, there, there, Mr. Stuyvesant. Why be irritated? Light an old gold. Did you say light an old gold? Why, yes, everybody knows that a fine cigarette gives you lots of comfort and pleasure. 
especially today. But remember this, you get no pleasure if your cigarette is hot, harsh, and dry. Now, that's the first sensible thing I've heard said here today. Well, you see, to prevent cigarette dryness, old golds are conditioned with a special moisture-protecting agent we call apple honey, made from the juice of fresh apples. I say, old man, you're absolutely right. That's why all gentlemen and all gentlemen's gentlemen seem to prefer old golds. Well, that's correct. It's because old gold's unique blend of many great tobaccos is enriched with rare imported Latakia tobacco for delightful extra flavor. Latakia, of course, that does give extra flavor, doesn't it? <laughs> extra flavor plus special protection against cigarette dryness. That's old gold. So, as soon as you can, try a pack. And remember, sir... Next time little annoyances get you down, why be irritated? Light an old gold. Jolly wet said, old man. I'll remember that. Mr. Stuyvesant, please go back and take care of Parker. He needs you so badly. Miss Rhodes, if you have anything further to say, you may address your communications to me, care of the National Embassy in Bombay, India. <laughs> I'm getting as far away from this place as I possibly can. And do you see what I'm doing now? I'm lighting an old gold. You know why? Because I'm irritated. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> hey, Betty. Betty, you got crazy guy go yet? Oh, Parky, all we're trying to do is help you, and you make it so hard for everybody. Just look at you, going over to Mrs. Vanderpice's tea, wearing a tie full of gravy stains, and it's so important for you to make a good impression. You're right, Betty. I couldn't make a good impression with gravy stains. I better put on the tie with the champagne stains. <laughs> Oh, his name is Sleep. Hiya, Parky. Hi, Hi, Betty. Hi, Opie. Hi, Well, doesn't somebody look nice? What are you all spruced up for, David? Well, if you please, I've got an invitation to go over to Mrs. Vanderpeister's tea this afternoon. I heard Parky was going, too, and I thought we might go over together on the bus. On a bus? You think I'd let my friends go over to that swell house on a bus? Nothing doing. I'm going to drive you over there in my car. Your car? Where'd you get money to buy a car? I gave the fella some promissory notes. Where'd you get the first payment? I promised him that, too. I don't believe you've got a car. Heck, I ain't. You look out that window. There she is. Ain't she a beauty? Standing right out there next to that cement mixer. Which one is the car? The one on the left. How can you tell him apart? Oh, that's easy. The cement mixer has a radio. <laughs> Whoever sold you that car... I bought it from the smiling Armenian. The smiling Armenian? Boy, if he was able to get into that car, he shouldn't have been smiling. To the last right out loud. Well, <laughs> oh, come on, let's get in the car. Well, you see, I may have a little trouble driving you over because I forgot to explain one thing. Yeah, what, is it? What, what is it? What is it? This car ain't got no motor. Oh, for heaven's sake. Come on, David. Let's go on the bus. Goodbye, Betty. So long, up. So long. Oh, Betty, look here. Parky's going off to that big society tea party and he forgot his gloves. Well, maybe he won't need his gloves. Sure he'll need them. What's he going to do when he dunks his donuts? Burn his fingers? <laughs> you know, Opie, I'm rather envious of those two fellas going to that swell tea party and meeting all those aristocratic people. <laughs> I guess you and I aren't good enough for high society. Yeah, them... You know where I come from back in Skunk Hollow. Skunk Hollow? <laughs> hey, Opie, isn't that an unusual name? Yeah, you see, it was named after my grandfather, Mr. Hollow. 
It was very hard to get into a society down there. Oh, really? Well, what made it so difficult? You had to wear shoes. Gee, <laughs> you know, I, I love to go to nice places and meet nice people. Well, Betty, I'm going to let you mix with some swell people tonight. I'm going to take you to the Macomba for dinner and the Cyril's for supper. Gee. And about five hours later, I'm going to take you dancing at the Biltmore. Well, why do we have to wait five hours? It's going to take me about five hours to wash all them dishes to pay for the meal. Why, Opie, you know I wouldn't let you spend that kind of money on me. Well, that's mighty nice of you, Betty. And you know something? What? I won't let you spend any money on me either. I'll tell you what we'll do. Tonight, let's take a walk in the park, and maybe we can find a nice, quiet bench, and maybe we can just sit there in the moonlight and spoon a little bit, huh? Yes, but Opie, supposing there's a policeman there. He'll have to find his own girl. <laughs> well, let's forget about the park, Opie. Although if Parky doesn't get the job, we may all wind up sleeping on benches. Oh, by the way, Opie, did you pick out a nice, fast tune to play at the party next week? Well, we got a song called Acapulco. We'll play it for you right now, and you can see if it's lively enough. <laughs> okay, Opie, give the boys a downbeat. <laughs> sounding better all the time. Well, thank you, Bob William. Is Parky around? No, he and Dave went over to Mrs. Vanderpice's tea party. They tell me she's famous for them tea parties she throws. Well, you know, Mrs. Vanderpice may be famous for her tea parties, 
But the most famous tea party of all was the Boston Tea Party. Boston? How in the world could Parker get transportation today to go to Boston? <laughs> Opie, Parker is a little late for the Boston Tea Party. That was held in 1773. 1773? I bet that tea's cold by now. <laughs> well, you're right, Opie. That was a long time ago. But, you know, even 13 years before that, in 1760 to be exact... The Lorillard business was founded. Well, that's almost 200 years ago. <laughs> yes, Opie, that means nearly two centuries of association with the world's choice tobaccos. And this vast experience is reflected in the quality of old gold cigarettes today. Marvelous quality consistently maintained despite wartime conditions. Well, Bob, you don't have to sell me. I've been sold on old gold for years. Why don't you drop a couple of thousand at the house sometime, huh? Well, Opie, as to quantity, the cigarette situation is temporarily eased because military demands are somewhat reduced. And we're doing our best to provide more and more old goals for civilians. So if you must take substitute brands today, remember, your dealer may have old goals tomorrow. <laughs> Oh, Mrs. Vandekeister, I'm so glad you asked me for your tea. One always meets such interesting people at your home. Oh, thank you, my dear Duchess. It's an honor to have you here. Tell me, who are those two gentlemen standing over there? I don't think I've ever had the pleasure of meeting them. Oh, one is David Street, the famous baritone. And the other is the great Park Your Car Coat, the eminent. <laughs> He's to cater my party next week, you know. Oh, really? I'd love to meet him. <laughs> Will you introduce me? Oh, gladly. Come over with me. Yeah. Oh, my dear Mrs. Van Der Feister. Hi, Vandy. Who's the dame with you? <laughs> dame. May I present the Duchess of Worcestershire? Duchess, these are the messes. Street and park your carcass. Who's she calling messes? <laughs> Did I hear my name mentioned? Oh, darling, may I present Mr. Street and the famous caterer, Mr. Parker Carcone. This is my husband, the Duke. Oh, hiya, Duke. Cheerio. Did I understand that you're a caterer? Yes. Some of my best friends are caterers. Oscar of the Ritz, Paul of the Biltmore, Stephen of the Carlton. I've had them all hunting and fishing. Oh, I love to hunt and fish. Really? What do you hunt for? Fish. <laughs> Have you ever been grouse hunting? Grouse hunting? Oh, sure. Last year I went grouse hunting and I shot two grease. <laughs> then you must come hunting with me. I'm quite a shot, you know. Do I? Yes. You know, I have a moose head. Well, if you put your head on, nobody will notice it. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, hello. Oh, Parker, you put your foot in it. You better go over and ask Mrs. Van der Peister to dance. I'll ask the Duchess. Okay. Uh, pardon me, Mrs. Van der Peister, but... Uh... Would you like to have the pleasure of the next dance with me? Oh, I'd love to. Oh. You 
no, Mr. Park, you can't host. For a big man, you really dance divinely. Oh, thank you. You like the way I dance now? Wait till I start moving my feet. <laughs> well, I wish you would move your feet, because you're standing on my train. Yeah, the trains are pretty crowded this year, ain't they? <laughs> I hope you've given a lot of thought to my party for next Sunday. Everybody's talking about it, you know. And if I may say so, catering my party will make you famous. Oh, good. My friends, we have a very pleasant surprise for you. Mr. David Street, the famous baritone, has honored us by attending my tea. And if we might impose upon his good nature, I'd like to ask him to sing one of my favorites, his new Victor record. It's called I Don't Care Who Knows It. It's a pleasure.
the doors, close the windows. David, call the police. Nobody leaves this place. What's the matter? What's going on? Lock the doors. Call the police. Why? What's happened? I've been robbed. Somebody stole my wallet. How dare you insinuate that any of my guests would stoop to steal your wallet? You didn't have to stoop. It was in my back pocket. (laughs) Mr. Corker, Corker, this is very serious. You bet it's serious. I had a dollar and 80 cents in that wallet. (laughs) All you people line up against the wall. Mrs. Van Poster, the Duke and I have never been so insulted in all our lives. We are leaving. Goodbye. See what you've done to me, you, you horrid person. All of my guests are leaving. Oh, oh, my dear, dear Duke, please, please don't go. You shall hear from my lawyer. <laughs> I'm sorry this had to happen, Mrs. Van Poster. You're sorry? I should think you would be sorry. Why, in my whole life, I've never been so humiliated. Your stupid Mr. Parker, Parker, has ruined me socially. Oh, my head. I feel ill. I'm getting dizzy. Catch me. I'm feeling faint. You're feeling faint? Here, take a swig out of this bottle. That's good if you're feeling faint. Oh, good heavens. What kind of horrible concoction did you give me to drink out of that bottle? That's no horrible concoction. That stuff is good for, for feeling faint. There, you can read it right there on the label. See that bottle? Right there, you can read it. Oh, for heaven's sake, Parky, this is not for feeling faint. It's for peeling paint. <laughs> for the further adventures of Parky Carcass, Betty Rhodes, Opie Cates in the Orchestra, and David Street, tune in again next Sunday, same time, same station. Is it a date? Okay, meet me at Parky's. And now until next Sunday evening, don't let little annoyances get you down. Why be irritated? Light an old gold. It's tobaccos are specially conditioned to help guard against cigarette dryness and to give you more smoking pleasure. And now this is Bob Williams saying goodnight for old gold and inviting you again next Sunday night to meet me at Parky's.